Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of John. John in chapter 5. We've been going through this fifth chapter of John, and since verse 17, we've been looking at some evidences, some proofs that Jesus tells those Jews about, proving that he is equal with God. Those Jews were Pharisees, scribes, elders, <laughs> Sadducees, and they were hypocrites. And they were looking for occasion to kill Jesus, to put him to death. If it were normal man, and knowing that this was the desire of their heart to find some reason that in their law, or in their minds, they could put you to death, It seems as though they would be talking sweetness. Telling them anything what Jesus told them. But Jesus, being God, the Son of God, begins to Tell them of his equality with God. He's equal with God because he is God. John 1 1, in the beginning the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God. And certainly as we've come down through these verses through verse 21, we've we've seen. <laughs> But he's God. His Father works. And he works. Meaning that the works of the Father are his works. The works which he does are the works of the Father. It's the will and mind of God. The will of the Father is the will of the Son. The will of the Son is the will of the Father. Can't separate them. They are the same. This morning we're going to be looking at verse 22 and 23. I got to get to the right place here. There we go. 
Let's read verses 22 and 23. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. So all judgment is given to the Son. This is the fourth evidence, the fourth proof that Jesus gives of his being equal with the Father. Jesus states that the Father will judge no man. The Father will judge no man. That is the Son. The Father will judge no man without the Son. We've already seen that, that they're one. They're equal. The work of the Father is the work of the Son. The works the Son does is the work of the Father. And so Jesus states that the Father will judge no man, but he, the Father, hath committed all judgment unto the Son. The Supreme Court of the universe will be preserved, pre, excuse me, presided over by Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 17. Verse 31, because he is God, that's what the apostle was talking about in the preceding verses about God, because he, God, hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Who's he talking about? Who is that man that he has ordained? Well, it's obvious he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has been given to judge, has been ordained by God to be judge if you think of think about God and, and most reference to, to God is is one of plurality 
It's one of, of God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. These three, and they're one. The record which we have back in the book of 1 John in chapter 5 is that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're one. So Jesus, the work of judging, even though it's of God, has been assigned to the person of the Son. Turn with me back to the book of Matthew. Matthew in chapter 25 and turn with me here at verse 31. Verse 31 of Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man who's that? Jesus will be dealing in a, in a week or two. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Who sits upon the throne? The King. And, and what is, is one of of the king judge judging Jesus Christ the son of man when he comes he'll be coming as king the second time the first time he came as a savior for he shall save his people from their sins the book of Matthew chapter 1 in verse 21. That's why his name is called Jesus. Meaning Savior. To save his people. From their sin. Back to the, the book of Acts. In, in chapter 10. Book of Acts. In chapter 10. And. Forty-two. Peter here dealing with Cornelius and those other Gentiles and discovering that God had given them repentance and faith as well. And he says in verse 42, And he commanded us to preach unto the people, that is, to all people, Jew, not just Jew, alone but Gentiles as well and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead this is a reference to his coming when he comes he's going to judge those that are alive and those that have already died the physical death going to be judge of the quick and the dead. I recall to your memory verse that we just read a couple minutes ago in the book of Acts in chapter 17 and verse 31. 
because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. The fact of his resurrection from the dead signifies that he is the Savior of all those who believe, but he is also a judge of those who are alive and those who are dead. In the book of Romans, and the book of Romans in chapter 14, where we read these words concerning those who are saved, those who are born again, those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. He said in verse 10 of chapter 14 of Romans, he said, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why do you judge your brother? Why do you judge your, your, your fellow church members? This is talking about individual judgment. One, one person against another. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all, we all the same, shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Don't you know that Jesus Christ is our judge? I'm not your judge. You're not my judge. That's what he dealt with in a few verses up. In the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 5, we read these thoughts. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. What time? The time of the coming of the Lord. Judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord come, who both will bring light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts and the, then shall every man have praise of God. You see, when the Lord shall come, when the judge shall come, the Lord Jesus Christ, and then he's going to make known all those things that you think nobody else knows. And maybe, maybe we don't know. But he does. The judge knows. And he's going to bring to light. Scary thought, isn't it? Second Timothy. Second Timothy. In chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and 
fun. He says, we read here, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. You see, he's going to be the judge. It's been, it's been given to him. It's been committed to him by the Father. One more in this thought, Peter. First Peter, chapter 4, and verse 5. Speaking concerning Christ, who shall give account of him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. The Lord Jesus Christ is ready to judge the, those that are alive and those that are dead, and it's to him that we'll give an account. We could read the passage of Scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We'll give an account of the things done in the whether they be good or whether they be evil. You see, the purpose for all judgment being given to the Son, being given to Jesus Christ, is also stated in verse 23 of our text in the book of John. Let's get back to the book of John, chapter 5, and verse 23. And the reason for that judgment being committed to him, all judgment being committed to him. In verse 23, it says, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. Did you get that? That all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. That is given as the reason why all judgment has been committed unto the Son. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which has set him. The Father has willed. He has willed that all men honor the Son. Just as they honor him. The book of Philippians in, in chapter 2 tells us that whether you're saved or whether you're lost, you're all going to bow and confess that he is Lord. Let it be honor being all men giving honor unto the Son. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's master. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, He is just that. He is your Lord and Savior. There's no none of this that as some men would have you to think that that well you can you can be saved and your Savior today and, and for a period of time and then finally eventually you make him Lord. No, no, he's Lord. He's master. 
Think back on the day, day of conversion. He was Lord. <laughs> he was master. There was no doubt about it. And he was my Savior. <laughs> Praise God. He was my Savior. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms in chapter 29. This 29th Psalm, look with me here at verse 2. Psalms 29 and verse 2, where we read, Give unto the Lord. When you're reading in the Old Testament, you see the word Lord in all capital letters. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Know that it is the, the translation of Jehovah. Jehovah. The existing one. And I have to say that as, as we continue on in this fifth chapter, you're going to see it. But he, he is Jehovah, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One. And he is the existing one, the self-existing one. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. She, the Israelites, Jews, they stumbled at that stumbling block. <laughs> they give honor unto the Lord, unto Jehovah, but not unto Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Turn with me to the 57th chapter of the Psalms. 57. And the psalmist says here in, in verse 5, he says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. <laughs> It's an exaltation of God. It's an exaltation of the Lord. It's an exaltation of Jehovah. Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. In chapter 25. We'll read verse 1. In Isaiah 25. O Lord, O Jehovah, Thou art my God. <laughs> and I want you to know the God back in, in Psalms 57 and the word God here in Isaiah 25.1, it's Elohim. It's the plural. <laughs> God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. O Lord, Thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old 
our faithfulness and truth being assigned unto Jehovah, Elohim, God. God has determined that men will, will keep on honoring the Son with the very same honor and worship they give Him. You see, we, we, we come into His house today. We come into the house of the Lord to worship, to exalt the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And in exalting and honoring Him, we're honoring the Father. You come here to honor God the Father. Then true honor to God the Father is to honor the Son as well. You honor the Son by being obedient unto His commands and, and His words, which are found in the New Testament. God in times past has spoken to us by His prophets, but in these latter days have spoken unto us by His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 5. And I want you to know that this is in heaven. This is after that the saved have been caught out and we've been taken to heaven. We've been taken to glory. In chapters 4 and 5, we, we have a scene. They're in heaven around the throne. And look what he says in chapter 5 and verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever who's the lamb the lamb is the son of God the lamb of God is the son of God the one who was found worthy to open the books. And they began to praise him. They began to honor him. They began to glorify him. Yeah. And we're told here in verse 13. That everything that is in heaven. And that is in earth. And that is in the sea. All that in them is. Honor and glory to the one. Upon the throne. And to the lamb. To the son. The son. Of God. It means that if you do not honor Christ, you do not honor the Father. And we could say vice versa. If you do not worship Christ, the Son, 
Redeemer, the Savior. You do not worship God. Well, turn with me to the book of Luke. Book of Luke in chapter 10. The words of the Son read like this in Luke chapter 10, verse 16. Where Jesus, speaking to his disciples, he says, He that heareth you, you apostles, you proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, he that heareth you, heareth me, Jesus said. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Who sent him? God sent him. The Father sent him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Turn with me to the book of John. The book of John in chapter 15. Jesus speaking here to the church, to the eleven. He says, He that hateth me, 23 of John chapter 15, He that hateth me hateth my Father. You cannot love the Son and hate God. You cannot love God and hate the Son. <laughs> We've already seen <laughs> the mouth of Jesus in chapter 5 of John. That they're equal. They're one and the same. They're God. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. And verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son. The same hath not the Father. You deny the Son, you don't have the Father. You don't have God in you. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't take one and not the other. You acknowledge the Son, you've got the Father, you have the Father. 
they're one. Turn with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark in chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Jesus said these words, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words, and of my words, how do you honor the Son? By obeying his words. <laughs> Whosoever shall, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and my of my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. In other words, <laughs> if the Son's ashamed of you, the Father is ashamed of you also. Are you ashamed of Jesus Christ? He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in the presence of my Father. In other words, my Father will be ashamed of you as well. Lastly, Go back with me to the book of First John, chapter two. I split these two verses up for a reason. Now we'll read them together. First John, chapter two, and verse twenty-two. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Who is the liar? Anyone who denies that Jesus Christ is the Christ, is the anointed of God, is the set one of God. He is Antichrist. He has the spirit of Antichrist. He's Antichrist. He's not for Christ. He's against Christ. That denieth the Father and the Son. Ah, so, so you're Antichrist. You're against Christ. If you deny the Father. Or if you deny the Son. Doesn't matter. You deny the Father, you're Antichrist. You deny Son, you're Antichrist. No way of getting around it. Now verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. I ask you this morning, Do you acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ? In other words, you have a knowledge, not a head knowledge, 
But do you have a heart knowledge, intimate knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you do, His Word tells us that you have the Father. You see, you can't have the Son and not have the Father. You can't have the Father and not have the Son. You have an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is He your Lord? And do you acknowledge Him? Do you honor Him? When you come here this morning, did you come to honor Him? The one who gave His life in your place, not for His sins, he had no sin, but for your sin, that you might have everlasting life. Shall we stand?